Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. I think we are live. Hey, Thomas, are you out there? I'm out here. How are we doing today, ma'am? We're good. Um, let's uh, put it out in the chat. So it's been, it feels like it's been a long time. What have you been doing that's new around your money plan? So it's, uh, if you want to pop that into the chat as a question. So again, you know, the frame of this entire market awareness is to keep you focused on what is important and not go back to old bad behaviors, ignoring money. So what have you been doing? Have you really like mitigated your, what's like the best thing you've done? Have you really mitigated your overhead? So you really, really lean, get as lean as you can. Have you created more money? And if you haven't, you have to be next week, again, 13, 14 to 15th of May. We're doing our virtual meetup and marketplace again. We are super successful. Also, so Thomas or Steve, if one of you want to put up the success sizzle link, and uh, we'll put that up very loudly in our uh, millionaire and training Facebook group. So it's about nine minutes. So we can't really go through it today. But you're going to see that thousands and thousands of dollars was made by a lot of different people. So in our virtual meetup and marketplace, we absolutely do. A marketplace. You're going to use every and any platform that's possible for you, and you're going to make money, thousands and thousands of dollars. So, as we always do, we're going to create some fun competitions and see who can make the most money. In fact, Thomas, we should probably pull our last month's class just to see how much money has been made now that they've continued to make, because you know making money is not a one-time event. It needs to become a daily behavior. So, again, we want you to make sure you're starting to really shift your behaviors and your understanding around money. So the things we asked you to do is really get lean, as like lean as you can, cut your overhead. It's a great time to kind of reset that, get focused on making new money. And then today we're going to talk a lot about what do you do once you make money, right? So a lot of you, you need to have money rules and decide on where you want to put your money. And I'm calling this the most indiscriminate crash in the history of our lifetime. Let's just hope there's not another one like this. But now that you know we're getting so much experience, you know, going through it, the reason it's indiscriminate, it's not age sensitive. Going through this next 12 months, and I'm actually probably be reducing it down to more like 10, 11 months, the greatest opportunities are going to happen. So, and it doesn't matter where you are in the world. So, from cryptocurrencies to uh, private cannabis, I say private because a lot of you are buying, uh, you know, stock to get into the cannabis game, and there's a very different way to do that. You can get become a gas and oil millionaire. I mean, right now it's like couldn't be on a bigger sale. You could buy businesses in town, which we're going to talk about that today. Real estate, mortgage related items. There are so many ways that you can actually enter into the market, not just the market because it's on its recovery already. So if you miss March 17th, you can't just sit there and say, well, now what do I do? I miss March 17th, which by the way, those of you who don't know what March 17th was, it was the largest crash since 1929 that we've ever seen in the stock market. So if you were there and buying in and trading out those first you know, few really days, weeks, you were killing it, right? So a lot of us were doing that at that point. So from somebody, me, who teaches off Wall Street, we were on Wall Street. And uh, through our flip app, you can get taken out of the market and you're kind of shorted out of the market 
algorithmically. So uh, you won't have those severe losses. And that is just a huge protection device. So it's a software. So I'm not giving you financial advice or tax or legal, just telling you a lot of folks are using that as an app to get going and uh, protect yourself. So the decisions now are how much more money can you make and where do you want to put it? Right. So using flip kind of as the base. It also is a brokerage account. You can put it there. What do you want to go shop for? Right. There's amazing real estate deals. I still think that Q3 is going to be a better market at a time where people aren't going to be able to continue their mortgages or they will. Depends how you know quickly we open up and how uh, quickly people can get back to what they're doing. Mortgages, obviously, there's money to be made. Cannabis, crypto. Again, it is a wide open playing field on how you want to re-enter the market, how you want to transfer wealth to yourself, and who your team's going to be. So we stand and exist completely with a big, big team for you and to help you think through things, educate you, write down money rules, talk through different deals. I mean, we have so many new clients and we're talking through different deals. Does it make sense for them to do those deals or not? And again, having some analytics to it, having some options to uh, how you want to not only do the deal, what's the paperwork you need? Who is the team? And again, you really got to watch, and I'm just going to be probably, this is my big mantra coming into the month of May, which is it's going to be one of the riskiest months for you to make these decisions and for you to not have a coach and a mentor and have somebody to really walk this through. I can't even imagine. There are some folks who actually joined our community last month and we're headed into interesting deals. They thought this one software deal was really great. And we looked at it. It's like, hey, you don't even have an intellectual property lawyer. Within 24 hours, he was talking to a lawyer, an analyst, getting some other bids and RFPs. And some of you don't know how to do that. And to do it alone would be really risky. So although there's going to be a lot on sale, a lot of transfer of wealth, meaning business owners, equity owners are going to be moving into very different postures. You're either going to sit on the sideline and say, God, I wish I would have done it, or you're going to start doing something. If you say, well, I don't know how, that's why we exist, is to teach you how. And honestly, I'm doing a lot on our fulfillment side. Once you become a client, we're doing a lot of I would just say conference calls and structural conversations to help you make decisions and your family make decisions. So it's really an important time. The month of May, as people come back out, one of the themes today we're going to talk about are the economics of the entrepreneur. There are some people who are on unemployment, right? Remember, over 32 million people are currently unemployed, nationally in the United States. And because of the unemployment and the process through that and the stimulus money, some people are actually making more money unemployed right? You talk about a absolutely screwed up system. They're making more money unemployed. They're already consumers in the marketplace. So in your marketplace, think about your town. There are creators, the entrepreneur who are creating opportunities and jobs, and there's the consumers and takers, right? Whether they don't think about the contribution um, and what it takes to create an economy. So which side are you sitting on? And it's okay to sit on both, right? And it's not that one is, uh, they're just different. But for for people who literally are not going to go back to work because they make more money unemployed, there's something wrong with that formula. When the entrepreneur is the one taking the risk to reopen, and we're going to talk about the break-even points of a business opening. Like, I don't know a lot of businesses that it would even make sense. And for those of you, if you are a business owner and would like some input and some, you know, break-even analysis and some conversation of whether you should open or not, just because your state opens and your county opens and your city opens, are you, the entrepreneur, really ready to open? Have you done the numbers? Have you done the math? I know I'm a lot of businesses. I mean, if like 50%, 62% is some of the casinos. Some of the restaurants um, that we've done some analysis on, is like almost 69, 70%. 
meaning occupancy. They have to have those numbers just to get to a break-even. Unfortunately, a lot of small businesses don't operate on a break-even or cash flow. I mean, I know some businesses that are running on lines of credit. They're running on, you know, again, back to the old motto of, do I have enough money in my bank account today making decisions that way versus making decisions on a cash flow plan or a business plan. Two really critical conversations that have to happen for business owners, entrepreneurs in the economics, does it make sense to open? And I'm on a huge mantra that it's no. A lot of them, why would you open? If you could only have an occupancy of 25%, I mean, I don't care if it's a nail salon, a hair salon, an auto body shop, and you can only have so many people in, where's that cost analysis? So I, you know, although these are stimulus package going on, I think it really no one's talking enough about the entrepreneur, the entrepreneur that's making the jobs, making the, the economy work, sitting out here, owning the real estate uh, is one posture. But if you're in a tenant in that, it's a very different posture. So, again, you know, one of the first questions that Thomas and I and Adam, like the initial team that was on our a millionaire training broadcast is who do you want to be in this? Who do you want to be and who do you want to be at the other side of this? And now we're in the middle of it. We're walking out. Shops are opening, business are opening. We're doing a lot of coaching on those numbers. So, Thomas, I'm not, I'm talking and thinking as I'm doing this. So, are there any questions that you want me to address as we're uh, we're going into this? Uh, let us know. I see the sizzle reels up here. I don't know if there's other questions or comments. I'm working on iFlip, increase the investments in hemp. We had a lot of people who are talking about what they have done to obviously Laura, what's their new plan for their money. If you all want to go ahead and put that into the chat line, uh, we'd be happy to uh, want to see what you're doing, what's working, what's not. You know, obviously there may be some some uh, steps you may have taken that may have been uh, not the best move. If you share those with us, can obviously help the group at large if you, you talk a little bit about that. Um, also, if you want to share something privately or if you want to have someone on the team answer it privately, you can also type that in the Q&A line. We're happy to answer that accordingly at the same time from right there. So as of right now, I just have a lot of people who are talking about how they are working on, on moving forward and, and what their new money plan is and, and not so many questions here, but if we get them, we will uh, certainly um, in. drop in here and, and let them know. All right. So again, those of you that are watching, we're going to, again, I want to continue to assess um, one of the things, Stephen Thomas, we should take a note is I really want to update the questionnaire now that's in the millionaire training group. Our goal is to grow this into thousands and thousands of people and continue the conversations about money, irregardless of the economy, you have to pay attention to money and know about it. So again, you're probably in one of three categories, really, you've, you've mitigated your overhead, which then Let's make some decisions where you're going to go and do you really want to come back out like you did or take, I'm going to say advantage and take advantage of the strategy that's available to you now. How do you continue to make the kind of money that's available to you and where are you putting it? And so let's talk about that today. So this is a, an exciting time, exciting broadcast. We're going to talk about, you know, everything is on sale and it's going to get more and more on sale. In fact, we just bought some families, I'm going to say, bought a retail property, right? And the first thing we did is went to those retail owners and said, are you going to be able to pay us rent? And uh, although there's all sorts of changes that are going to be coming in the next months, where are you today? And really leaning in to help them through payment plans pay. So I'm going to go down a list of questions that I think are critical for you as you're evaluating whether you buy a company or not. So if you're looking at your community, and you can do, you can buy all over the country. You don't have to buy physically in your neighborhood. Some of you want to, some of you are in those great markets, some of you aren't. 
So, you know, my premise my whole life has been live where you want and invest where it makes sense. So I've lived always in extraordinary places from Manhattan Beach to Sausalito, California, Lake Tahoe, Nevada. I've lived in great, great places. Even in New Orleans, it was in the French Quarter. Um, So living a lifestyle has always been on the radar. And I love the millennials who now make, let's have a lifestyle business like it's something new. I mean, what the hell did we do it for? Like any great entrepreneur became an entrepreneur and became a really good one to live a lifestyle, right? For years and years and years, um, I only flew private. It's, It's amazing to me that this new generation has these lifestyle businesses. It's like, my God, that's why you live this way. Again, back to the unemployment and the folks that are making more money on unemployment than working. It's shocking to me that you would just sit on your ass and do nothing when what it takes is a an entire marketplace to create an economy. And our goal is to help you learn how to create economy within yourself and your family so you create more wealth over time. So as you think about where you're going to invest, right? What, what are the things that you are interested in? And I know that a lot of the undercurrent of this conversation will be, well, I don't know how, and that's why you're here. We do know how. A lot of us know how. In fact, I love that Vicki, you're out here. So uh, hi out there. And what's fun is Vicki became even, you know, she was already at our big table, became more of a client with us now. And without any contingency to it, because we're back in relationship and a tighter relationship, we turned around and uh, a small team have hired her now back to actually work on an investment deck and a purchase deck. So when you think about buying a company, think about the categories. We've talked about auto dealerships. We've talked about auto repair shops. I mean, think about the businesses that are going to have the kind of cash or cash flow that you want. And there's a big difference. I mean, you're going to need some access to cash. So private lenders, there's traditional lenders. So don't worry about where the money's going to come from. Don't make that part of your decision. Although it's a huge factor, it is not in the initial factors. So think about, and if you don't know, then one of your homeworks would be drive around, drive around your town and say, what would it be like to own part of a hair salon. And I say part of because what a lot of people are going to need is capital, which then instead of just being in the lending position, which you could do what's called a convertible note and be a lender to a business to keep help keep them open, you may want to at some point take an equity position or some combination of that. So the learning today is how do you evaluate it? Well, first of all, you've got to come up with what you're shopping for, right? So I know on our family shopping list, I mean, RV parks are awesome. Storage are awesome. And the reason for those are within our money rules. You've got to think, do I want to buy a craft and art store? You know, here in uh, the Carson City, Reno area, there's a lot of cigar bars, there's wine bars, there's obviously the restaurants, there's takeout. Some of them, you know, we're doing a lot of coaching on, you know, do you stay in a takeout position? I know for us, I had 15 stages canceled when this whole thing hit in the beginning of March. And none of them are rebooked. Not one has rebooked and said, here's a date. We are pretty bold in saying we are going to pick some dates. So we're looking at July for our Off Wall Street asset event, and it will be in Reno, Nevada. So we're going to keep it here in our hometown because we're the ones that have to travel the staff and bring out the team and bring out the whole instructor body. And we're going to bring it closer to our home. And I'm going to say in hopes, and you're going to let us know if you're willing to travel. If you're not willing to travel in July, then we'll move it back to August or September. We are going to put in a big table. Even if it's only 10 or 15 people, we need to produce a table. We need you there. 
And uh, we know enough people already that said they're willing to either drive or get on an airplane and we need to do the Boise real estate tour. So we are going to be doing those things. And I'm sharing with that because these are part of the questions you want to ask. So I'm going to go through a series of questions to evaluate your business. But again, drive around and just say, you know, and ha- I'd love having it be a family conversation. You know, do you want to own a gas station? I mean, they're extremely liquid and they have extreme backing by the gas and oil companies that supply to them. So typically a private individual is not going to be open to those. But again, I never say never. That's just my whole attitude is yes is an answer. And here's one of my number one negotiating conversations, which is yes is going to be the answer. So now let's talk about how it's going to work. Right. And so it's a little bold on the front side to walk into a business that way. But I want you energetically to be there. Like, do you want to own a preschool, daycare? I mean, those are awesome. Crazy money. Chiropractic clinics, naturopathic clinics. Um, You have to remember, too, some of the businesses as you're thinking about things think. And the reason I'm not reading down my list is I want you just to in a common sense thinking is you drive around. You say, who owns the, the real estate, who owns the land and who owns the business? And can you buy the entirety of it? And I know there's there's folks in our big table that would say, without the real estate, I wouldn't become a tenant. I want to become a tenant in my own place. And for years and years and years, well, I should say always subscribe to it. I started all of this education inside an office because, again, some of you trying to do this at home with your kids, especially smaller kids, it's very difficult. Even if you say when the door is shut, you're going to have those kids at your door, you know, at least mine were going, mom, 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 come out, come on, come on. It didn't really work. It was very difficult. Plus, there's just a different state of mind when you're out and being with other people. So think about what you want, what your family would want. Think about the management of it. And again, not knowing how to do it is never the consideration. You will hire people to do it that actually know what they're doing and you will find the money if the deal's right. So those are kind of the undertones of that. I want you listening to this conversation today and uh, evaluating what would you do? So I'm going to go down a list. It's actually from Forbes.com. Great article. I'm going to edit and modify to make it more relevant to you. But I want you thinking about these things. And as you think about it, you know, what are the businesses that you currently want? And yes, you want to evaluate it in your town. Now, here's the deal. You could evaluate it in your town. But then when you go on the internet, you've got to watch the scams are unprecedented. Like the amount of scams of people saying, I have a business and it's in France or it's in Italy. And it's, you know, I saw a winery in Italy going on sale. It didn't even freaking exist. So there's this amazing thing called Google Maps. You can kind of zoom right in and see what's really there. There's all sorts of ways to research international and national businesses. But I would use your local community. And if you're in a really small area, then go to a bigger town and drive around. You know, what's the traffic pattern? Where Where is it? What causes the money to come in? Start thinking like an entrepreneur. How do they get employees? I mean, if you're out into a rural of an area, do you really have a, ch- a selection of talent or are you going to have to run this in a decentralized fashion? So just think about the businesses as I ask these questions and go through this evaluation. And those of you, I would have you really pin this. We'll probably use this as another watch party to come back out because I'm going to give you a whole bunch of things to think about. And I'd love us to come back together. And uh, Steve and Thomas, maybe we'll do a after hours on this, a Zoom after hours and just continue this conversation because a lot of the education, when you go do the homework, you should be coming back. It's not like a one, one directional conversation where we teach you about money or business or finance or even the law about it. Like you want to be doing some things and then come back and say, now, how is it relevant? How does that work for me? So number one, you know, does the current owner want to sell the business? So 
there's a big thing and you might say, well, I don't know if they want to sell. So you're going to walk in and here's the conversation. You're going to say, so how's business, right? I'm interested in possibly being a, a private owner, right? And you're going to say these things. And for some of you are like, oh my gosh, this sounds odd. So maybe it's after hours, we can continue the conversation and help practice. Just like we practice our ask, tell, ask. Do you want to practice? How do you have these conversations? Because for some of you, it's sort of like even asking for a sale for some of you is so awkward because you're so new. It's odd. I mean, for me to ask you how much money you make, it's like asking if you what time you got up in the morning. I mean, it's such a normal part of our conversation. A lot of things we're going to teach you aren't normal to you. They're very odd to you and challenging for you. So you're going to find some businesses and start practicing. Now, I would also practice just like anything I teach people. I would start practicing with the businesses that you might not care about as much because you don't want to practice on not getting the whale like it's a big, but you don't want to practice on your number one targets. Like if there's some kinds of companies... I love naturopath. I love service providers, like service businesses that have, especially if they have consumption products like shampoos, conditioners, coloring, hair coloring, supplements, updated glasses on a regular basis. You can tell the kind of business I've worked with. In the orthopedic world, there are tons of extra products that, that they're consumables, but not as much. But ergonomic equipment is a great way. I made tons of money I'm helping people with ergonomic equipment as another way to make money. So you want to be thinking, how does the money flow? And for those of you that are really new entrepreneurs and you're barely getting your own business up and running, this may be, again, odd for you. So let's just keep talking about things. But again, businesses, unlike real estate, are rarely just listed. Like there's not going to be a big for sale sign on a company because then you're going to drive away customers and the customers are going to move and go somewhere else. All that being said, this week is a very critical week. And so those of you that are watching this on a recording, this is the week of May 4th. So if you've watched the COVID thing all happen, this is a very critical week. Things are opening up. Should you open, if you're a business owner listening to this, let's have that conversation and let's do an analysis of what's your break even. Like, what do you really need just to stay alive? Not thrive, just stay alive as a company. So real estate has for sale signs. They have the MLS. They've got all sorts of ways that you can market your real estate. That's not true with businesses. You do have to either find a business broker, which is one way to go. And by the way, we can help you be that kind of business broker and negotiate deals with you. That's what we do with absolutely no interest. Um, I think a lot of you all think I work with all my clients. I don't. Very, very selective. I teach you, educate you, and then we use scenarios and modeling to help you get educated. So you're going to walk into some businesses. You're going to say, so how's business doing? Right now that you're out of COVID, I see you're opening back up even on limited scale. How's business? And they're going to say, fine, that's the all American thing or whatever country you're in is going to be okay or fine. Or why are you asking? You're going to say that you'd like to be a private investor, that you're looking for things that are interesting to you, that you could maybe provide capital. Possibly you have expertise, right? That you could actually provide to the company to stay alive. And providing expertise without capital could get you ownership in the business because they need something you have, they can't afford to pay you. So you trade that out for some equity positions. And we know how to help coach you through the documents. Um, Now, some of you are saying, well, why would we hire you if we could just go hire a lawyer? Because if you don't know how to have the conversation with the lawyer, you're in a hell of a lot of trouble because now you're starting with the blank slate. Like what you get in our community is a lot of expertise. If it's not me, it's somebody knows how to get the deal done. So we're going to then talk to you about how do you get a deal done and how what's the paperwork, what's the corporate structure. And 
we're just educating and coaching. And clearly you're going to at some point hire a lawyer, but I could promise you folks that really use our community properly, reduce legal expenses, three, four, five, ten, twenty thousand $20,000, because you don't know how to do the paperwork or have the conversation about the operating agreement. So putting it all into play and putting it on paper, right? Designing your divorce while you're in love is what we say, you know, putting it all in paper before you go to the lawyers and then paper it up. And by the way, the lawyers that you need to be using as some of you aren't, Better be business lawyers, people who actually have owned and operated entrepreneurial businesses, not just somebody who hangs a sign and is just a pure lawyer. So, again, you're going to go find some. You're going to walk in, ask how they're doing financially, and that you are interested in being a partner or an investor. If they say no, say, well, what would that take? And just get yourself educated in talking to entrepreneurs. So, some lists of uh, evaluation questions. Why does the owner want to sell and do they want to sell? And it could be cash flow. It could be they want expertise. What type of growth potential does the business have? Like, has it already made its big run and they're more of a maintenance or are they on a huge trajectory to grow? Could something that you're bringing capital or expertise or other resources um, help it grow? If the business is in a decline, which, you know, damn near everyone has declined. Well, that's not true. Amazon's done quite well which is why we want you in our virtual meetup and marketplace next week. So again, if you go to the millionairemakerstore.com, it's $97 to go uh, and be in our marketplace where you will have the opportunity to make money. And there's a lot of you that are out listening again. You've already been. The only way you get to repeat is by bringing affiliates. So get aggressive about your database. And I mean, you all have clients or you all have friends and family that need to learn to make some money. So get them involved for 97 bucks. You get 50% of it. If they do any additional work with us, you get 5% of that. So it's a great way to make an extra five figures by referring us to people. You know, let us help them make some money. Businesses that are at a decline, can you save it? Do you want to save it? And what will it take to be successful? Those are numbers. Those are conversations that you're going to have to get in to have a deeper look. So is the business in a financial, you know, sound condition or what condition it's in? So once you sign an NDA or an NCNC, which is a non-compete, non-circumvent, in some version of all of that, you will be asked to sign. The business owner is crazy to not have you sign it. Can it hold up? Depends on the state, right? But again, you're not doing this to go rip off a company. My God, like you would never do that. This is to have integrity and say, you know what? I'm out here and I actually want to own part of a company and uh, be a part of its success as it goes forward. So once you sign uh, some of those non-competes, then you're going to at least look for some uh, audited tax returns or at least some version of a tax return, P&L, most recent cash flow statements, The one thing, though, that I'm going to add in that Forbes doesn't think about that I know I think about, we think about is the marketing perspective is do they have a database? And even though you can look at a P&L and a balance sheet, you want to look at a business differently from a monetized database. So how big is the database? What percent of the database has bought anything? What's the median inside the purchasability of the database? So let's just say the database buys a $10,000 item. And there's 100,000 people in the database. How many of the 100,000 bought the $10,000 item? How many in the database bought a $5,000 item? How many of the 100,000 bought a 97 cent item? So you really need to look, and this is when marketing and finance meet. And so many of you don't put those variables together to figure out what your break even or your variables are. So really, really, really important. Are there any contracts? Are there any obligations? Are there negative obligations? 
Are there any, again, sales promotions, marketing? What's the website look like? Again, what's the condition of the database? When's the last time it bought? Right, Vicki, I know you and I were on a coaching uh, call and you said you had about a thousand people, but it's been a while. So one way as a new business owner that we look or just, you know, what I call a stagnant database, you can all do are some of the polls you see us do, some of the surveys is where is the database in any purchasability. Just buying a database to buy a database may or may not be a great idea. Some of the best databases that I look at if I'm going to buy one, which I rarely buy them, is because they're tough to get to work. It's better sometimes just to create new traffic. But how much money and what's the frequency? When have they bought last? But an endorsed database where like an owner stays on with you and then endorses you and your new expertise, that you can get a lot of new runway with, right? So that's, that's some good stuff. Is there any PR around this business? Like what's really going on with it? Is the business now or has it been investigated or like in a government agency issue? Is it in any lawsuits? Does it have what kind of debt and how is the debt attached? I'm not scared of companies that have debt. It's just what kind of debt, what caused it. And sometimes it's very intentional, like taking on convertible debt is a very intentional purchase strategy. What are the percents of the business accounts that are past due? So you want to look at the AP, you want to look at the AR, right? So the payables is what is going out in total debt. You also want to look at the receivables. You also want to look, especially if it's been a kind of a solopreneur or a small business that has been running, is how much of their personal life has been deducted inside of it. Now, the reason I say that is although you're a corporation, there's a lot of things like your car like your phone, like your computer, that are legal business deductions. So it feels personal, but it's not. But what you have to look at as a new buyer is, are we going to continue those deductions inside the company if I come on as a partner? So for example, maybe you're going to buy into a real estate company and there's five people and they all five wrote off their vehicles. Will you be able to then as a new owner also have your vehicle written off? So there has to be some equality in that, or you're just taking some of the expenses, which is going to affect your margin and uh, walking through that very differently. So you have to be really, really careful. Um, Here's a big one. And this is for those of you who are open and assessing, especially if you have brick and mortar where you stay there is how many customers does the business serve on a regular basis? What's the decline then because of COVID? How has that affected and what's caused it? Thomas, I'm going to take a little break because that's like a whole bunch of content. And I'm curious what questions are out there. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week. Oh, 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 oh,